Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And, and because of that, I, I would definitely I would, I would give my life for her. Uh, and in drag also, she doesn't question like why I want to do drag. She just she just does it. I think she just gets it. Um, and there's no judgment, I think, uh, as compared to other, my other family members. Like, um, yeah, just my other family members. And I think that that is real like unconditional love, as cheesy as it may sound. Hi folks, I would like to introduce myself. My name is Payal and I am a traveller who also loves to meet people. And I think a blend of both is where this concept of melting pot has come about. In my Melting Pot series, I will be talking to lots of inspiring people from different parts of the world and also from different cultures, whom I meet during all my travels. The common factor between these folks will be the desire to follow their passion and make it a way of life. So step into this melting pot and enjoy the chats. Hi everyone, today I am in conversation with Opera Tang. Opera stars in Baby Queen, which is a film uh, that's been screened at the Singapore International Film Festival. Um, with her striking Teochew looks, as you can, as you can, those who are actually viewing this can see, um, and her, you know, opera-inspired makeup. She has been making waves on the local drag scene in Singapore since her debut in 2020. Thank you so much for joining me today, Opera. Thank you so much for having me, Payal. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it's really an honor to be on this podcast. It's actually my, one of my first uh, interviews about the movie that I'm having in Singapore. So I'm really excited to be here. Great. And, and I'm excited to hear all about um, not just the movie, but also about you. Um, and, you know, and I'm sure you have a very interesting journey to share with me, my listeners and viewers. So um, I just wanted to start off by asking you, um, is performing something that you've always loved growing up? Yes, funny how you should ask that because I think my first um, interaction with the arts would be when I was in, uh, I think, primary school. Actually, no, it was in kindergarten. I wanted to join the graduation dance troupe, but then I was not allowed to join because apparently I was too short or too skinny to join and everyone else. But I was a dancer, so I was really quite um, art that they didn't select me. But when I joined, uh, I think, gymnastics and Chinese dance, primary school that's when I really fell in love with performing on stage and uh get honing the craft and the discipline and everything uh so I think that kind of like sparked something in me 
uh, in my journey to what I am today, whatever I am today. But yeah, I think uh, I think then there was something that uh, like ignited in me that I liked performing and I liked being on stage. I liked the attention, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, yeah. that's that's interesting because there always has to be, you know, a journey um to get to where you are. And it's interesting that, you know, you felt like you could be on stage from such a such a young age. Um a little bit about the drag culture. Um, where did it actually originate from? How long um, has it been there and um, it's clearly an art form correct yes um, I would say drag is not a monolith and uh, but the modern understanding of drag today uh, would maybe have taken uh, roots in the early 1900s but at it has existed throughout human history I feel in different forms so for example uh in Chinese opera, which I take a lot of inspiration from, uh, drag has always been, uh, how to say, a part of the uh, art form because whether it's because of societal pressures, because women couldn't uh, read and write because of uh, the legis legislation at the time, or because men and women couldn't mix, so men had to play female roles or women had to play male roles. So in that sense, a drag was already being performed, uh, but uh, not really as a political statement, but in theatre. So I think in the West also, in Shakespearean theatre, when women couldn't rewrite scripts, the men also had to play those uh, female roles. Uh, but the modern understanding of drag, I think, uh, came from like maybe the like American and also uh, British uh, theatre. Uh, but also the more political side of it in, in the LGBT scene, in, the, in gay nightclubs where uh, men gay men, in um, majority of gay men uh, who are drag queens. Um, sorry, let me rephrase that. Majority of drag queens are gay, cisgendered gay men. Okay. Uh, did it as a political protest uh, or just to le a le earn a livelihood uh, for themselves because they were so discriminated in society. So uh, I feel that is more of the Western angle of drag. So what I feel uh, the Asian angle, not just from my perspective, Asia is so huge, right? So yeah. East Asian, Southeast Asian, Singaporean uh, drag, uh, it has been uh, in Singapore since um, the the existence of Bugis Street, for example, and Boom Boom Room. Uh, so it has been here for quite a while. Okay, so when did you actually, and how did you get into drag? I think I've always been this flamboyant sissy boy that always has gravitated to more feminine uh traditionally feminine aesthetics and I love uh the female silhouette not for reasons that most of my male peers would uh love the male female silhouette but because I appreciated the beauty in uh uh femininity and I felt it was very empowering and and, and it's powerful but I think when I was growing up, you know how society tells you like boys have to be this way, you can't dress in pink. Funny how 100 years ago, like pink was supposed to be for boys when they were given, uh, when they were just born and then blue for girls, but now has switched. So it's very societal contract uh, in, that, in that kind of realm. But um, yeah, you can't cry. You have to walk a certain way. Because when I walk, I walk with a natural sachet from like, like from when I was uh, really young. And people would say, 
hey, why is the boy's butt like swaying side to side when he's walking? And I feel like that they, it came from a very derogatory place. And uh, But I think I just exuded femininity uh, from the start. But what really sparked um, me wanting to do this, like why am I cross-dressing? Why am I putting on a show uh, as a feminine character? Uh, was when I watched RuPaul's Drag Race when it came into the almost came into the mainstream. Uh, I think season three was when uh, Sultan Amrul or Raja, the first Asian and only uh, Asian queen that ever won RuPaul's Drag Race, the main franchise, uh, won. And that was like, wow, I want to be that person. I want to be like her. And I think that kind of sparked something in me. And that was when I was like 14, like uh, pre-puberty. And I, I knew that I wanted to be like some weird character on stage. So she was around. really your inspiration. Yes. And um, the top two in that in that season as well were both Asian characters, uh, okay. Asian personas, I mean. So I felt that was great representation. That's interesting. So the first time you went on stage um, or when you performed um, as a, a drag queen, um, how was it? personally for you uh, what and when was it as well I think as a drag queen debuting myself like as a, in the live performance because you know the pandemic was like taking a toll on live events uh it was this year actually so I'm still in my nascency at the first few stages of my drag um and it was at uh Pink Ball it's by Hypertainment Singapore it's a like a queer party organizer and it was more of like a podium dancer girl kind of thing rather than some uh, a performance that I created or conceptualized. So I think that was also a good starting point to understand how uh, different crowds react to drag. Uh, and it's also in the film. So if you watch the film, that is literally my first live performance. Okay. Uh, and I had my friends there because I had to have moral support, right? If no, if no one was going to pay attention to me, why why would I be on stage? So yeah. I had a, a few of my posse there to uh just to, to give their support, and I think it was a it was a great experience. People um reacted to it and engaged really well. That's interesting. So um, do you think that uh you're able to um? When you, I know you said that it's a very recent um, kind of debut for you, but from but you've done the film now. Um, at, do you, as a drag queen, um, express yourself um, in a way that you wouldn't um, normally? Yes, I would. I would say that. Drag is my armor, uh, literally, and also, uh, well, not literally, but it gives me this sense of not power, but it empowers me to talk to people, to, um, it gives me this confidence to go on stage, do these stupid things that I wouldn't be able to do, or people would, uh, wouldn't even want to watch if I was in my normal boy self. Um, and it, I think... I'm very comfortable doing drag. Uh, I'm comfortable exuding this opera tank persona. Uh, I wouldn't say it's not my natural self, but it is also entertainment. I obviously have to think, uh, take that into account. But it was also, it gives me a platform to air my views, air my frustrations as uh, a gay 
a person that I would not do so in my everyday self. So I feel like there's so much opportunity that, uh, and a lot of platforms that, uh, that I can speak on and speak uh, to uh, when I'm in drag that people would not necessarily pay attention to me if I was just not like in my normal self. Yeah. No, I mean, this is one such platform, right? Yes, definitely. Uh, talking to me, yeah. Um, so, you know, when I, I did, obviously I researched you before chatting with you. So um, I was reading somewhere or probably in one of your interviews where you mentioned that uh, your grandma was um, your biggest support. Um, so uh, from your entire family, was it, your grandma who recognized uh, the fact that you were different and, um, you know, you were more comfortable in your skin differently as compared to the rest of your family and friends? And how did her um, support of you reflect on an understanding for the rest of your family and generally your peers and your friends around you? Thank you so much for bringing my grandma up. Um, I, I love her to bits. I'm wearing a top now that is uh, made by her because uh, she is she has a very big involvement in my drag. And uh, I think even before I started doing drag, uh, I don't think she recognized that I was different. She just loved me like how she would love any of her other grandchildren, which I felt was enough and it was the best that she could do and that was enough for me because I didn't want to be treated differently mm-hmm. um obviously children have to have their own needs and everything but when I gravitated to her because I loved she was a seamstress for 50 years uh until she retired and she still helps helps me like alter my clothes and everything but when I was younger I remember this one thing I was watching uh rhythmic gymnastics and, and at the Olympics uh was being broadcast on uh on tv and I love that ribbon thing that it helped the stick. And I, I, I was like, Ama, could you make this for me? I, I would then when she, and the next day she gave it to me, this long ribbon with a, the stick on the end. And I just ran all around the house with it. I was so happy. I think, I think that interaction, uh, and obviously because she cooks for me and everything onwards, I, I love her not because uh, she gives me um, this atten- attention and she just gets into my wants, but because she understands that it makes me happy and oh, I love her to bits for it. Um, and, and because of that, I, I would definitely, I would, I would give my life for her. Uh, and in drag also, she doesn't question like why I want to do drag. She just, she just does it. I think she just gets it. Um, and there's no judgment, I think, uh, as compared to other, my other family members, like, um, yeah, just my other family members. And I think that that is real, like unconditional love, as cheesy as it may sound. But um, without her, I think would have been able to take those first steps into doing drag. Um, and yeah, I and and you said she was my biggest supporter. I think she still is my she biggest supporter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, and um, I wonder if it's uh, because she, um, you know, you've mentioned um, the origins of. Um, of drag um, and the performance performances behind drag you've mentioned that you know it goes it was looked at very differently um, in in the previous generations as compared to what it is today I mean there's 
gradual acceptance today, but uh, obviously at that time, it was just very normal, you know? So do you think because um, she is from an older generation and um, I guess in China, if that's where she's from, um, it was very performance led and, um, you know, it, it had a very different um, connotation to it. Do you think that's why her understanding is, um, is more than um, a more current generation of your family or otherwise? I would like to think so, yes. Um, and I would, I would say that she does have an understanding of that. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Uh, Cross-dressing in theater for uh, a performance objective. Um, but I think more than that, she she just wants me to be happy. And I feel... Uh, she also knows that what I'm doing isn't hurting anybody. And if anything, it actually is promoting a good cause and yeah. it's raising awareness to things that need more visibility. Um, but I don't think she really thinks about those things. She, I think she, her first and foremost um, is, is, is that she wants to give to her grandchildren. I think she's a very giving grandmother and I'm very blessed and fortunate to have her. Um, and also because she's the matriarch of my family, okay. because and I'm her favorite. Also, my 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 mom and my dad can't see anything. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's, that's yeah, that's yeah. good. And I think um, clearly um, she wants you to be happy in whatever it is that makes you happy. So so that's yeah. that's that's very um, that's wonderful. You know, and I'd love to meet your grandma someday. Definitely, uh, we can show <laughs> you something after this. <laughs> Excellent. The 33rd edition of the Singapore International Film Festival continues to drive a new agenda for change. A fabulous lineup of 101 films from over 50 countries will be screened from the 26th of November until the 4th of December 2022. For more information, visit their website www.sgiff.com. Okay, now let's move on to your movie, uh, Baby Queen. What is it that, uh, firstly, how did the film come about? Um, and secondly, um, what is it about the movie or the film that you would like to share with me, my listeners, viewers, everyone? So Baby Queen came about, um, I think it's just a coincidence of chances because 
um, Lei Yunbing, the director, approached me. He wanted to um, do a documentary. Uh, I think at the start, wanted to be a, he wanted it to be a series. It wasn't planned to be a movie or feature-length film uh, at the start, but it just evolved into that. And um, I think he was researching and looking at the Singapore drag scene as well. And because uh, I don't think a feature film length documentary about drag in Singapore has ever been uh, done. So this, I think, may be like the inaugural one. Uh, so I, I'm so happy to be part of that. And I'm thankful for Lee, Director Lee, uh, for, for my involvement in it as well. Um, so we just struck up a conversation and we just talked about all the possibilities and this went on maybe for just a couple of weeks and he uh we actually initially decided to have maybe a few characters a few personas to represent you know the the spectrum of singapore drag but because being the first um film about drag in singapore uh, he wanted it to be the angle to be more of an introduction to uh what a drag queen is and also to humanize what uh, a, a, a drag character, a drag persona on stage, uh, if if that is something that the drag queen wants to do. So I think that I was very aligned with what I wanted to also portray uh, as an artist and to, to show audiences that drag queens are people too. They are, it's just another profession. It's another form of art. That's how they express themselves. And the way they, um, I call him a fact, uh, Ping, because it's quite weird for me calling Lei. Um, um, Ping uh, decided to create this narrative of um, a dichotomy, in a sense, between my drag persona and my everyday self, to sh uh, and also to show like what drag queens do, like in the day and in the night, and like in their spare time and with their family. I think it's really just my life in a in a sixty minute like teaser um and it's really when i started out i was like why why me what type of material can i give ping uh to uh, work with to create a feature-length film to submit to film festivals and also um i knew his past works like uh some in some women when he he was like the cinematographer the director of photography and also um i dream of singapore uh he the way he shoots things is very he doesn't give you uh context but he 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 puts you in the uh how to say like a, as a third person as a person in the scene watching and viewing the the things going on so i think if i think me now articulating this isn't very uh eloquent but when you watch the film i think you totally get it but um yeah, so when I loved how he portrayed his and and um, I, I felt like I was in good hands if he was to put, portray my life and it wasn't going to be some derogatory thing. It really uplifts and puts uh, LGBTQ uh, persona in in this case me in a good light, and I felt that was um that was very something that I wanted to do. Also because I was a new drag queen, I was very naive. I was like any opportunity that came my yeah. way. I, yes, and and I also I think you would therefore be a lot more uh, open to and natural 
mm-hmm. um, and you know open to sharing as well uh, mm-hmm. because you, you're you're very new um, in terms of um, this kind of an experience. So uh, probably he is um, and given his past um, um, you know directorial uh, kind of films. I think there is that sensitivity which he probably wanted to make sure that he didn't lose and he was able to capture. Um, and so it is your personal journey, right? Uh, which is which is what makes it such a fascinating um, film to watch. Um, so what next uh, for, <laughs> for Opera Tang? Well, I think I haven't been dealt the cards yet and I'm open to a lot of opportunities. But I feel now that the film has like um, been released and like through this film, through this documentary, actually, I think Ping has given me a lot of advice and um, uh, all the outlets that I can also uh, hone my craft. I think there are a lot of things that Offer Tang can also uh, venture into. Uh, I think the first few things that I want to do is perform more because that uh, a lot of opportunities were uh, were taken away because of the pandemic, and I think I ha- I'm very fortunate to have been contacted by the local drag scene, uh, mamas uh, like Becca from Riot, uh, Riot um, a drag show, and also uh, other platforms like Cabaret Quavery. It's another uh, singing cabaret uh, LGBT event uh, as well. So I think I would love to perform more and also use uh, support causes that um, are very relevant to the LGBTQ community, uh, like Action for AIDS, for example. I think Quavery has a like a, has a has a has a part to play in that to in their fundraisers, uh, and also maybe some activism as well. I feel like that's a very that's something that I want to like, like slowly inch myself into. So I'm I'm still getting to know, uh, like uh, the groups like Indignation and just attending their talks and also see see how I can contribute as well, uh, contribute my voice, contribute my platform as a drag queen on social media, that kind of thing. Like in my in my own little way, but not so much as a spokesperson as of now because I re- I feel like I need to be uh I need to educate myself a lot more, and. That, that never ends. So I think those are the few outlets that I feel uh, are just in my near uh, career path, you know. That's, that's, that's excellent. Queen. I think, um, you know, the fact that you want to be a voice um, um, and, and help people, one, get a better understanding um, using your voice. And the film is a great example. And, you know, the fact that in Singapore, um it's becoming like more and more uh, open the discussion i think this is a perfect time for you to actually step in and um and i'm sure that you will make a difference and i really really appreciate uh, you talking to me and i'm so excited about your film and i'm sure everyone in singapore who actually does manage to get to the screening uh, will appreciate um, your work um, and you know and I'm sure it's going to go a long way before I, I just thought of another question for you no worries um, 
when you first, because you've been performing on stage, right? You said mm-hmm. not, I mean, it's just a new, uh, I mean, you've, it's just a debut for you. But when you were in front of the camera, uh, how, there's clearly a stark difference between the two different uh, mediums, right, of performance. How, like your first day, how was it? Like when Ping started, uh, sorry, uh, Ping started filming. Yeah. Oh, so he just told me, imagine I'm not there. Just be yourself. And I was like, okay, I'm very good at ignoring people. Sorry, just... I have a, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but um, it's not scripted, right? No, 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 it's not scripted. Yeah. Nothing yeah. in the film is scripted. Yeah. Okay, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, so I was just saying, uh, I'm very good at ignoring people. So I just ignore them totally. Uh, but yeah, I just told my, every, but everyone else in the film, uh, I think Ping was very, um, how to say, generous in, uh, and also patient. Uh, so because my grandmother sometimes would just talk to Ping and because they have a good relationship as well, just talk to Ping when she's not supposed to. Then we have to redo the scene in, in a sense. But uh, I think that was some of the quirks, like breaking the fourth wall and thing, uh, things like that also were also included in the film. So I think it was a very, it was a very natural process for me, at least. Uh, for everyone else, I think it's just them trying uh, get getting them to be comfortable with ping being there then only after that then we started talking and stuff and those are the scenes that were included in the film okay so yeah. so very natural and very um and and obviously he made you comfortable so if yes. you have to uh be a part of uh that medium you've had a very soft launch into it. So, yes. <laughs> so I think um, that could be a very interesting journey for you as well. So, I mean, there's a lot, um, I think, for Opera Tang um, ahead. And I wish you all the very best. And I Thank really, you. really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you. I enjoyed talking to you as well. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast slash YouTube video. Uh, <laughs> And yeah, I'm going to take off my makeup that I took two hours to do after this. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, I wanted to ask you as well. Yeah. Uh, I know, I keep wanting to end the conversation and then something else comes up. like, just keep talking. Keep talking, yeah. Um, so how long does it actually take you um, to dress? And you mentioned your makeup takes a minimum of two hours, clearly. Yes. Um, makeup and hair and costume now if I stand up now you you will see that I'm wearing like army shorts it's I mean, not my normal boy self because yeah. like, it's just for the the top part right so yeah. um I'm not wearing nails as well but that would take longer and also I didn't wear like any jewelry on my hair today it really depends from queen to queen when I first started out in drag it took me four to five hours to get ready from head to toe and that is insanely long and it's not uh but I think I needed to go through that painful process to learn to do my makeup quicker uh, and also like tips and tricks to uh, to be more efficient so I think two hours now is like half the time from when I started so it's really a great improvement already um, some queens can do it within half an hour and really well as well so I think yeah I think it really you really need passion to do this because it's, it takes a lot of patience and like artistry and that kind of thing 
Yeah. Uh, but do you do it yourself or you have someone yes. you do it yourself? Yeah, I do it myself. And, and then how long does it take to actually get it all off? Oh, it's much faster. I think within 10 minutes. Like if after this, I'm just gonna take this off her on the floor, just put like facial cleansing oil on my face and everything comes off. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so normally when you wear uh drag, you normally either do some Instagram posts or something just to make the most out of all the effort you put in. Yeah. Uh yeah. But I th I think I'm after this I have to go back to a work email. So and Okay, so I, you're you're just gonna take it off. Take yeah. it all off. I don't yeah. have time. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm going to follow you on, on Instagram and uh, and I'm going to follow your journey. So again, hopefully no other questions pop up. Even if they do, I don't mind. because Yeah, I've, I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> so much fun talking to you. Uh, you. And yeah, you take care and all the very best. And I'm sure I'll see you in Singapore at some point. Definitely. I'll see you at the appointment that we'll make with my grandmother. Absolutely. And yeah. so I'm going to be traveling from tomorrow. But when okay. I come back, I think most likely in the new year is when um, we should definitely reconnect. And um, I would love to meet your grandma and, and chat with her um, as a, you know, as a part two of uh, this conversation. I'd love to do that. Yeah, definitely. I think she loves the attention as well. <laughs> 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 so okay. we'll, keep, we'll keep that in the books yes absolutely you take care and have a good rest of the evening bye thank you bye bye <laughs> bye bye for more weekly conversations do listen to melting pot on spotify apple and google podcasts follow us on youtube and on instagram at podcast melting pot so until the next episode, this is Pyle signing off. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.